You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 125 of International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your, as you can tell, very excited, uh, enthusiastic host. Can't, just so excited. Can't wait to relive this one. Uh, and with me is. My equally as excited and enthusiastic co-host, Evron Akbar. How you doing, sir? Doing okay. Doing okay. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. And so for this uh, very special 125th episode, um, we couldn't be more thrilled to be here, obviously. Uh, yeah, and obviously with the, the big news, which we waited, we, we, we set aside our usual schedule just to accommodate this match, uh, and it was the, the UEFA Champions League second qualifying round against Pauk of Thessaloniki in Greece. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was a road match, we were at the, uh, what is it, the Tumbia Stadium, I think it's called? The, uh, yeah, it's like a Tumba or something. Tumbas, Stadio Tumbas. Um, yeah, and like a lot of fun build up to this match. We were all, I think, excited for what could happen. We were all obviously very excited about the possibility of Champions League football. Uh, yeah, let's, let's just jump in. So, starting lineup. <laughs> Was uh, and then we'll start from the back as usual. We had Erson in the back. On the on the back line, we had uh, Domagoj Vida and our debutant Wellington. Uh, on the right side of our defense was Jeremy Lenz, and on the left side, uh, of course, our, our another debutant in the way of um, Nsakala, Fabrice Nsakala. Uh Defensive midfielder was Nejip uh, with Bernard Mensa and Atiba sitting sort of ahead of him in the midfield. On the left side of our midfield was Georges Kevin Nkudu. And on the right side, Tyler Boyd with our man, the family man, Kyle Laren up front as our striker. Uh, we talked about the family man. For those who uh, may not recall, he was supposedly under bad influences in his first stint here. In the way of Ryan Babel, he's since had a lovely daughter and married his uh, girlfriend, and, and so he's now a family man and devoted himself to his craft. So we're hopeful of big, th- big things from our Canadian striker. Um, and so yeah, everyone, let's just let's just yeah. do this. We're gonna do a quick recap here. Uh, let's just talk goals. So obviously, 
The reason I think we need to do that is because the first real action in this match anyway was a freaking goal. Um, and yeah, totally, you know, we we were sitting on the ball for a while, uh, sort of passing it around. It was scary. I had this premonition immediately that we looked, let's go. It's like these guys have been put on the pitch for the first time. Uh, and they're just sort of like remembering how to you know, kick a ball around. And it's like, that's in fact, literally what was happening. Let's not forget we had zero friendlies coming into this match for some reason. Um, but so yeah, everyone, let's just talk seventh minute. What happened? Uh, Pauk had a uh, had a goal in the seventh minute. Um, not sure if I even want to relive this, um, relive this multiple times. Um, but yeah, it was just their uh, midfield. I think it was Mr. Schwab, was just like in loads of space, or was it Giannoulis? And then he just hits this like Travella through ball past like four defenders because like Lens and Boyd and Atiba are all like one group. And then they just pace the back line and then no one tracks the, the second runner like as they cut the ball back, Boyd and Lens are nowhere to be seen. And the man just uh the eighteen year old gets on the gets on the ball and hits in the top corner. So yeah, debutant, another debutant for for Pauk, Actually, this is his very first European appearance for them. He's only 18, so I don't know how good that will make our defenders feel. Um, and yeah, like a couple yellow cards, uh, one a, one each on our side. In fact, I got one. Uh, I don't know how much it'll affect things going forward. Uh, but yeah, 24th minute, the um, the young man strikes again. What's the story there, everyone? Yeah, another defensive breakdown. Another counterattack as well. Yeah, another counterattack and another defensive breakdown. Uh, this time it's a little chip ball over the top to Chuba Akpom. Man, who was supposed to be our player. Um, he, Wellington tries to like shove him out of bounds. Uh, did not work. He cuts it back to uh, Zolis. And it wasn't even a good finish, but like Ederson and Saka like fly into each other. And uh, all pops in off yeah. of one of them. I don't know who it popped off of. Um, two. two nil. And at this point, we're all uh, weary and upset and nervous. This is not looking good. Uh, and of course, things would be compounded just six minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my god uh, i didn't even realize this all came about done, came undone so fast yeah this uh, is a tough tough part of the game right these 30 minutes another wild counterattack. um like everyone was up the pitch so we're just with there's a three on three break um it was uh like a ball on the left wing they play like across to the uh to, again chuba akpom Wellington's trying to catch up to him, gets cooked. And then in Sokka and Wellington are two last men, and like just the defensive structure was non-existent and they just let um Zolas get right back on side. No one even went to like cover him. They didn't care, they didn't step up, they just basically stood and dropped back. Well they dropped back and then stood there, allowing him to be on side, no one caught him, and then he just squared it for uh Pelkost there. Number was ten. This the, was this the Wellington fall? No, he didn't fall. That's but, the second one, right? Remember, the, the, on the yeah, second yeah, the goal, second one is when he tried to push him. And then, all right, I think that was Akpom, right? Who passed it back into yeah. the 
And Wellington the, did not do anything to Act Palm in that first half. Uh, just got s- slaughtered, and then uh, yeah, it was three zero. Yeah, rough start to the man's career with Besiktas, and and the wild thing about those thirty minutes is that we probably dominated possession and looked much the better side, aside from those three counterattacks and three lapses defensively. And um, you could see that, like, obviously we were direly in need of, of match experience. This was clearly their first time playing together in most cases. But um, at the same time, they were kind of moving things around in the midfield and up front. But in the back, you know, it was like three for three. Like, they, there was no response to these counterattacks whatsoever. I have a question for you. Evron, as our sort of technician of sorts, uh, our, our, our footballer. Um, what would you say is the sort of position, the most pivotal position in defending on the counter? Um, well, Can you generalize that even? Or? I mean, you either need to have a, a strong midfielder to sweep up in front, which we definitely did not. So that's where I was sort of going with it. I feel or like you need it, or you need a very strong last defender. Those are like the two most pivotal defenders uh, positions to find the counter. Um, the one who steps up to like the man on the ball, or the one who will stop the, uh, the striker. And we had neither. Because Wellington was getting sauced, and when Sakala dropped back that one time, it did not work. And Nedjip was not even like I don't even know where he was. So yeah, this is basically my point, right? Like, he should be the sort of fulcrum of our uh, transition, both offensively and defensively. And so, um, in a pinch, you'd, you'd think that that would be a sort of fifth defender who would get back and cover for someone who might have been out of position, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and Nedjip just, you know, it gave me, fl- I, I, I feel like we, when Khan and I started this podcast like three years ago, and we were first struggling into like fourth place under Chanel Gunez. Um, <clears throat> this was much the theme of every episode for a stretch, was that there was no pressure uh, from the back of our midfield. And so guys were getting these opportunities to sort of chip the ball in comfortably or make a run to the back line and chip it back. You know, like uh, there was just so much freedom for them to sort of make these lateral crosses, but like attacking, uh, not too lateral, not in El Nenny. Uh, that's a, th- a flashback, isn't it, everyone? I bet you miss El Nenny now. No, I, I bet no. you don't, actually. Um, Would have been better than Nedjip, but that's not... That's not saying much, yeah. yeah. Um, man, yeah, that... Anyway, but so yeah, uh, th- there would be, I guess we could really say a silver lining here. Uh, in the 37th minute, so actually just seven minutes after the storm, uh, a little parting of the clouds. What happened? Uh, it was playing around the back, as you know, as we usually were. The video kind of put like a tight pass to Lens, and for some reason, the left back like flew in, like his life depended on it, and uh, missed the slap tackle. And then Lens, you know, turned him and immediately just played this, you know, amazing looping, dipping cross, and uh, family man. The man Kyle Laren, who we hyped up for no reason for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> he came through. <laughs> yeah, had a nice slide and finish to the bottom corner with his weak foot. So, really class finish. Um, 
and I'll just add a good timing, you know, because it was right after their third goal, so it really, it felt like we could still turn things. Yeah, um, back in the game. You know, it was before the half, right? So, and and then we also shortly thereafter had a really nice attempt on goal by Tyler Boyd, who had a fantastic run. I think he cut them out defensively, took the ball, ran with it really well, held his man off, and then slid it right past the post uh, on the, the far post. Uh, do you remember that run? Yeah, it was uh, right after the 41st minute, I believe. Yeah, um, <clears throat> right after the goal, like so. four minutes. Four no, minutes. after uh, there's a there's a something in between the Boyd miss and the goal that we haven't talked oh, about. Oh, the Nkudu offside. No, 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 the penalty. <laughs> oh my God, the penalty too. My God, oh my God, there was so much in such a short time. Yeah, that we was can a, see the penalty. Thunderstorm of uh, four minutes after we scored. Yeah, that's right. And Ersin Destanu steps up big, huh? Yeah, saved our uh, trans former transfer target Chuba Akpom's penalty, which was given away by Wellington um, for like literally no reason. Akpom was like dribbling out of the box, and then he just tripped him for no no reason. I mean, it was a little bit of a dive, I guess, but it was there was no reason at all to tackle him to do anything. <laughs> It was like like a child was playing back there, and he was just getting cooked. But in fact, Chubak Palm is seven years his uh, his junior, so I don't understand what was up with our Brazilian defender. But yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't a great debut. We could certainly say <laughs> um, he got the work. And like in his defense, I would criticize Sarah again. I guess we can jump into analysis. That's really. The second half would be a bunch of us uh, pushing and pushing and pushing and not scoring. Um, the, the subs at the half, uh, Ozan came on for Tyler Boyd, and then he quickly had an incisive, lovely pass up to, was it German Lenz? It was Lenz. It was Lenz, yeah. right? And he had, he had a shot saved. Um, yeah, threw on goal, you know, right started half right after, missed another one-on-one from Boyd before the half. Yeah, no, two the one, one, I, one, the one I mentioned. And Nkudu had a yeah. lovely goal, actually, but it was offside. Mm-hmm. Just Apparently, barely. Yeah. Just barely. No VARs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There were a lot of odd decisions in this regard. but Budget touch. Uh, <laughs> other substitutions. Dorokan came on, which was, it was nice to see him out there, at the very least. He came on for Mensa, though, which was an odd decision because... Uh, he was actually, I think, affecting play positively much of the time. So I don't really know what went behind that decision. Uh, and then in the 82nd minute, Fabrice Nsakala, who had a up-and-down debut. Um, more down more than up. Uh, but I think he settled more than other guys. I mean, everyone settled because we became fairly dominant in the second yeah, half. Yeah, the second half, I don't think anyone really, other than Nejib, looked bad. Yeah, um, and then Nejib again because he... In in the first half, he struggled to transition back into defense. In the second half, he struggled to transition into offense, and he had he lost a ton of balls and, and put us in danger a number of times. Vita also uh, had a couple poor passes in the second half, but again, like nothing, they didn't score, but neither did we. Um, and that would be it. Uh, the Takala... By the way, Umut Nair would come in in the 82nd minute. And so for a moment, we'd have a glimpse of Umut Nair partnering with Kyle Laren, which is a weird concept. I honestly thought that if you were going to have two strikers, you'd probably want Guven being the, the secondary one. But 
I didn't. Yeah, I think it was just a, a cross and hope. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I think. move. Um, honestly, yeah, exactly. But so let's let's that's it. Um, any like overall points you want to make? Have, uh, talk about stats real quick, everyone. Yeah, it was very hard to find stats on this game. It was a qualifier, but I went to UEFA's, so we're going to trust UEFA's official stats. Um, <laughs> we had one more shot than they did, um, with us being far less clinical with most of our shots off target. Um, eight corners to their one, um, four offsides to their one. Fun fact, they considered they uh, committed 27 fouls, which I think is definitely something I'll touch upon again. They were just hacking our players the entire game. They only got four yellows, which I think Sargan complained about after the game, saying that Kaduri, El Kaduri should have got three yellow cards himself. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, we were definitely the more active offensive team, but uh, Pauk was just like you know, very incisive, ready, ready to go. Yeah, they were clinical, um, extremely like over the top aggression. Like literally every time our players were turning midfield, they would just hack them. And our like. On the goals we conceded, like our players were unwilling to foul at any point. Um, definitely a, a difference in uh, in mentality. I don't think the players were really, you know, like it, it wasn't a Champions League match in their head almost the way they came out. And Powell definitely came out like those Champions League games. So I guess kudos to them. Um, yeah, and in our in defense of our guys, it was it was their first match. There should obviously have been a friendly. Um, I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt in thinking about it and, and trying to consider that maybe they didn't want to risk any COVID stuff. I know Slovan Bratislava was just kicked out of the Europa League because because well they had they had uh, a case and, they, and you know UEFA just doesn't want to even deal with that. <laughs> There's no like get that guy out. They just kicked the whole team out. So I think maybe Besiktas was trying to avoid that on the one hand, but obviously. You would have wanted a match to see, for example, how Wellington would fare back there. Especially because the team was so different. Yeah, especially the back line. I mean, you have to consider Lenz basically a new addition to the back line as well. So that's three out of four guys who have never really played together on the back line. And, and then since Vita was the lone guy remaining, really it's just four guys who have never played together. Um, you know, it would they would have probably benefited from a little experience together in a competitive match before this. I don't know what yeah. the thinking was there. And if I'm going to be honest, I think in some ways that's the real culprit here. Obviously, you could also say the board is to blame as far as not bringing in certain transfers, you know, not having a right back. Lens was uh, not not very good there in the first half, we could definitely say. Yeah, I mean, going forward, yeah, I think he was one of our biggest threats. But defensively, it was just it was not working, and it was kind of a highway on that side. Yeah, um, shouts to Khan out there. Um, yeah, but so terrible performance, three to one. We're out. We'll talk about the ramifications of it all and where that leaves us in Europa uh, after we talk about sort of more of this match stuff. Any other stats you have there that you want to talk about? I mean, how many saves did Erzin have then in the end? I don't even... Um, I think it was five. Um, right, because if they had like eight on target and then three went... Yeah, eight, eight on target. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that's got to be... I mean, great match, Erzin. And since we're starting there, I, I think we'll go through each position. Erzin is definitely my man of the match. 
I think you'd probably go, yeah. go the same. Drink. I think the, for me, it was like the third goal. He could have done a little bit better. Um, but the rest of the goals, the first two, which were the killers, were not at all his fault. And then he kept us in the game after, especially the penalty. I think he made a couple of really good saves other than that, too. So he was very confident, very calm, unlike some of our other players. Yeah, despite being the youngest on the field. Saving so. the penalty really seemed to get him going. And from then on, he was just a, a he, wall. He was dead. He was a wall. <laughs> and they were getting a lot of like shots from all over. I'm surprised it was just five. Um, but whatever, he did it. Good job, man. Uh, let's go, let's move to the, to the defense. And let's start with the back line. Uh, Vida and Wellington, let's do them together. Uh, there were no subs somehow um i will i'm just gonna say because especially because we had no friendlies to prepare for this match i would absolutely have run with enzo rocco and vita since they have experience playing together uh and rocco had has really yet to screw us over defensively you know even though he's also not really stood out as being particularly good uh he, he that seems like it would have been the, the safer move uh, going into this match um the Chanel move, yeah. <laughs> uh, at least. But, I mean, you know, I think the problem with Chanel is that he would do it, like, six six games into the season, you know? I, I just mean for this one match, right? Yeah. And then we could get Wellington into our friendlies, you know, get him wedded in that that way without risking, obviously, the Champions League. Uh, and I think we could probably say, since we're talking about these guys now on the back line, that Wellington might have singularly had the worst game out there. Besides maybe Nedjib. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's definitely one of the... I mean, he did not, like, especially in the first half when we conceded all the goals and he gave away the penalty. Um, He was just getting, like, like abused by Akpom. It was... He couldn't muscle him. He couldn't keep up with him. He couldn't take the ball from him. He just kept... It was just... And the only time he chose to foul him was when he was in the box. was the one when, you know, when Akpom baited him into being fouled. It was... um, It was really bad. I think the second half, I don't think he did anything wrong. Um... I guess it's, you know, maybe he settles into the rhythm of the game, but you know when you have a you know quote unquote experienced player uh, coming in for a Champions League game, you know instead of having some youngster, he definitely did not show any experience at all. Yeah, and and um, I guess while we're on him, we'll we'll address the the, the news, which is that um, Ahmed Goulay is apparently on a three plus one year loan. To Kai City Sport. Uh, and this is all obviously a part of the. Or, sorry, to Alanya. I done it again. Uh, that was a Mensa deal. Oh, yeah, to Alanya Sport, uh, which again is part of the Wellington deal. Um, they'll also get 40% of any transfer deal in the future, uh, which was a little steep. But I think the idea is to keep them as enfranchised as possible in his development, make sure that they keep playing him and they keep uh, prioritizing his development, even because obviously. Any big money we get, they'll get a big cut of too. So even you know, in his last season with them, when they know he'll be gone in the following year, even if he becomes really good and they'll hate losing him, they'll still want him to be as good as possible because they'll, they'll make a big buck on payday if should it ever arrive. On the other hand, they might also get 40 percent yeah. of you know 50k when he gets sold to Samson's for you know in five years. Uh, who knows? Best of luck to Ahmed Goulay, though, obviously in Alanya. Um, any any thoughts on Wellington and the deal or anything there? Um, so far, um, I think you'd have to say based on that, we're trading Fatih Oxley. I don't, I, 
I can't imagine Fatih putting in a worse performance than Egypt did at the six, um, especially because his main position is the no, center back. No, putting in a worse main performance skill is, than, than yeah, Wellington. and his main skill is winning the ball back as a as a six and being active, and covering space and stuff like that. Um, it, for I'm not sure about for uh, the rest of the year, but considering Wellington is supposed to be a short term fix. Um, it's been the complete opposite of, yeah, of that. Yeah, indeed. So. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to, to go back to Rocco at least. I mean, again, no. I guess in friendlies we can see what Wellington's all about if he's got more to his game than that. Hopefully he does. Obviously, this is a terrible... Like, I, one point you started making, actually, about um, how much more sort of determined they were. It has to be mentioned, the politics here. It's how um, nationalistic all the fervor got and... There's a lot of angry, violent talk between fans in the build-up and obviously now in the post-match kind of banter online and all that. It's not really banter yeah, at this point. Just, it's more uh, <laughs> yeah. hate speech in most cases. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I think Greece, sorry, uh, not Greece, uh, Pauk has a lot of Greek on their team and notably all three of their goals were scored by the Greek players. Um, they were obviously really amped with this. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it helps when our fans make this like a World War III type of event by, by getting people so into it. But uh, especially when, you know, half of our team is not, I mean, not half, like three quarters of that team is not Turkish. So they obviously don't know what is going on. On the starting line. Uh, you know, Kyle Laren's like, why are they... <laughs> what are these guys doing here? Probably. Um, but so, yeah, you know, there's definitely an element to which I think perhaps the politicization of this backfired. Uh, and I think that's something our fans probably will not have learned from this. But whatever, it happens. Um, obviously, this is a, a contentious thing historically. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But... Um, Vida, any comments on Vida? Um, I think it was okay. Um, I think maybe one of the goals he could have done better on positionally wise. Um, he definitely wasn't helped by the rest of the team, just being, you know, Lens being out of position, Wellington being useless, Nedja being useless, um, especially in that first 30 minutes. Um, and then he was really like that. He was the only center back capable of stopping Chewbacca Pump. I guess. You know, he gets like a five score type thing. But, um, yeah, not great. Not awful. Uh, definitely not the what we would have hoped for. But, um, you know, compared to how bad the rest of the back line is, I give him a pass because I know how tough it is to be the only, you know, one of four defenders doing your job with your defensive mid also on uh, walkabouts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had some poor passes in the second half, uh, but again, right, like, whatever. It didn't even amount to goals on their part, so the bigger mistakes were made today. You can say that much for sure. Um, moving on, let's start with the right side of our defense, uh, which was obviously Germain Lenz and then Nedjip uh, after a sub. Um, thoughts? Um, I mean, we, Lenz, we already talked about it. Really, we said it. Yeah, though. going forward, he was good, but defensively, that's why that switch happened at halftime. Um, I think 
Dorukan should have played right back. That's the real analysis. I think I think could have taken from that. And um, instead, Nedjib was shifted back there. But Lens is like in some situations. I think when you're chasing the game, he's a great right back. But at a zero-zero Champions League one-off game, um, I would not recommend starting him there. Yeah, and I was gonna say maybe against like a mid-table Turkish Turkish league side, but not. Yeah, or even if it was like in the se- let's say the second half, if let's say the same score, like same game. Yeah, sure, fair enough. Yeah, like once we've yeah exactly. Then you say okay, let's shift him back there and push for the goal. Yeah, once um, we've like but, uh, rested control of the match. Yeah. Yeah. Not when you're getting tapped. Yeah, and Nedjip was again. He like had a bunch of terrible passes as our right back that put us in danger a number of times actually. And Erson had to cover for him. But anyway, uh, left side. So here, let's talk a bit about Fabrice and Sakala, who was, by my estimation, pretty. I mean, yeah, he was bad in the first half. By the second half, he uh, kind of became part of the whole unit and was working with the attack but also coming back to defend fairly well. I thought he settled into the match and into his role. Yeah. Uh, late. Of it took him 30 minutes to at least get all of his mistakes out. Yeah. You could even say uh, he looked really timid which I think like, like there was like the one play I'm not sure you remember like the the ball was like right near the corner flag and he didn't slide tackle the guy he just like kept running and the guy just like dribbled past him. We had a clear chance to kick it out. I'm not sure if you remember that was in the first half. He, like usually in Sakala, I watched Alanya would just you know just crunch the man, um, fly in when whenever he's comfortable. She was not like that today, and uh, I think we needed that kind of you know gutsy plays in the defense, especially with the way it was going. Yeah, no, it was not a great debut, but again, I think this is a good example of a guy who's playing his first competitive match with the team and who, you know, if you think about the first half as like they were basically, it was a trial by fire, you know, um, a tough, basically the whole preseason of friendlies had to be played out in that first half and all the, the, the wrinkles had to be sort of ironed out and... You yeah, hope to I get mean, away with it, really, right? Because that's all we could do. That you know, we were hoping to get away with all the holes in our team, um, and we didn't. Obviously, like if anything, one hole was surprisingly filled pretty decently by Kyle Aaron, who scored a nice goal. Which you know, for a striker, what you hope for a goal at, at least. Um, but uh, anyway, let's let move on. Next up is Nedjip. We've already said he's. Probably the second worst player to Wellington, uh, if not the worst. Um, yeah. I think you could basically say Dorokan took his role. No, I guess it was Atiba, um, you know, after the sub, I mean. So let's move up to Atiba, and then we'll talk Dorokan. Um, um, Atiba, what did you think of his match? He was okay. Um, I don't really think he, like, there was one moment at 2-0 we almost gave the ball away like yeah a back pass to the center back I almost I had flashbacks yeah um but Wellington got it so it wasn't a, and then like I mean other than that I mean he did his job I I mean it was a tough situation it's just there were times you know when we were trying to come it back. wasn't a vintage people performance but I mean he's 37 and he definitely was not like he didn't do anything wrong right I, I wasn't mad at him at any yeah. So. No, I, I felt actually that um, in our sort of 
furious attempted comeback. There were moments where I felt like he was de definitely pushing forward, um, sort of being kind of heroic and, and galvanizing the troops into the attack. Guys, remember what we're doing here, you know? And just nobody else was quite up to the task, unfortunately. Um, subbing in for him later was Dorokan. Thoughts on his, um, you know, 30 minutes? Dorokan came in from that, so, but... Yeah, I just, I'm trying to sort of, sh I, I'm in my mind, because I think Ozzy took the more attacking central oh, yeah. role at that point. Um, but so yeah, let's just say Dorokan, right? Uh, what do you think? I mean, I think this is his first real cameo since he's been hurt probably five minutes before. He was he was pretty good. I think he should have started. I guess he wasn't fit, but um, if he was fit, he's definitely the option we need in there over Nedjip or lands that right back um, or like just in general. Yeah. Um, basically, just got on and got fouled like six times. But um, I was gonna say, did he stand out to you? I, I wish I had paid more attention to him specifically. Yeah, I mean, he, he was definitely like. It was like having a midfielder again. Nice. That's oh. exciting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I look forward to. I, I'm excited to see him back on the pitch, obviously. Hopefully, we resolve whatever contract issues are there as well. But, um, yeah, so next up, we'll go to the other uh, central midfielder role, and that would be Bernard Mensa, another debutant. Uh, thoughts on Mensa? It was, it was pretty good. Um, I think he was like pushing for he was like he was trying to be that creative force i don't really think that's his real role in the team like at that creative 10 that he was i hope he was trying to be more like an eight but uh he tried and especially because everyone else was kind of especially in the first half no one was doing anything so uh, i mean i don't know why they took him off at that point either in the 70th minute he didn't look tired and he was winning a lot of free kicks um, yeah, and he actually had a couple nice free kicks that were yeah, uh, dangerous. You would think he would be like one of those players you leave on when you need a goal, but instead he left Edge on. So, what do I know? Yeah, Sergei's so substitutions could certainly come into question yet again. Um, yeah, and so I guess we already covered Dorakon, which was the, te technically the sub for Mensa, although. Um, uh, Ozan. Oh, yeah, let's talk Ozan. Yeah. He was uh, fantastic. Yeah, he was great. I don't know why he didn't start again. I mean, he's definitely not injured. Um, clearly, yeah, I mean, what we could surmise is that I think Atiba could have taken the back line. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Mensa and Ozan should have probably played next to each other. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have a midfielder who can pass forward. <clears throat> immediately. He came into the yeah. game and, and like I mean, we just, said, immediately set up. Three, three, like, just really nice splitting passes that unfortunately didn't come to anything. But he's just one of those players that can make you know pick that pass that's that's really yeah. what i love in a midfielder and i haven't seen it in so long watching on any swing the ball to the center backs and then nejip being unable to trap a ball so it was a yeah unfortunate. It was a tough time but um, unfortunate payoff there yeah uh yeah no i have i have no additions i i fully agree about everyone on the in the center of midfield let's move on to the wings and so, obviously, the left side was looking good. Nkudu was actually really solid all match. Uh, aside from that unfortunate offside, the finish was fantastic. Uh, he's taken on the number seven, and it looks like he's taken on the mentality that he's going to be kind of an important figure for us in attack. Uh, I was 
I was really pleased with his performance. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really think he actually did anything, to be honest. Um, and when like when it, when he really really needed him most, he couldn't like hold his run properly so that it wasn't close. But um, he'd get around he his didn't man a lot. A, and he didn't create. A, only had a single completed cross. Well, yeah, like, the cross could have been better. I mean, he's always like that. You know that he has the he's really fast, decent dribbling, but I don't really think he did what. No, no. Remember, he actually he found Vida in the box once, and Vida couldn't really do anything with it. Um, just for me, yeah. for me, it was like you know, he's our star player supposedly, you know, number seven, heir to Quaresma or whatever. Um, so that certainly wasn't the performance that wins any Champions League games. Not saying he's like no. I'm not like obviously he should start next game too whenever that is, um, but I think I wasn't overly happy with his performance. I mean he was better than Boyd, but that's expected. So. Well, so then yeah, let's move to the right side. We have Boyd and uh, I guess eventually Lens. Thoughts? Boyd. Uh, screwed up the game. If we're gonna be honest, that's why I got stopped off. He that's lost his man on the goal. The uh, I think it was the second goal, and then he had a chance to make it three-two, and he missed it. Um, you know, maybe he didn't deserve to be subbed off. Maybe he did, but you know, you, you have two key mistakes like that in a huge game. Maybe just the axe. yeah. Um, I mean, maybe Lens could have came off. You would say, but Lens at least had an assist. And, but boy, yeah, definitely didn't track his man. Missed a chance. Um, I mean, kind yeah. of a typical Boyd yeah. performance aside from the mistakes. He, he maybe doesn't usually uh, stand out in that, in that sense, but he I mean, was hard, scrappy, but yeah. earned us a lot of uh, whistle, kind of um, almost got a goal, right? He was sort of like pestering and he showed the will, but didn't have the end product as always. Um, yeah, you know, not certainly not what you're hoping for here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not giving up on him, but like they, they had two key moments to change the game, and he uh, he failed on both occasions. So hopefully in the future, obviously, if you say he cuts that out, it's still one zero, and then even if that doesn't happen, or if he scores that goal, it's three two before halftime. You know, two key moments that would change the game. Yeah, for sure. And there's many other players who also had key moments. So. And as far as that miss goes, he did really well up till the miss too. So that was, I think, what added, what compounded. Yeah, he didn't get it. the, he didn't get his feet sorted. It was. He, shot he like held his awkward. man off though, which was impressive. Yeah, but he shot like the top guy. of the ball, not like an awkward angle. Yeah, it was his off angle. foot too. It was a weird. Yeah, whatever. Uh, the end result clearly was not. What we I, I never had confidence that he was going to score. Just no, the way I. his body was fixed, I was like, oh, this. Well, plus in like the history, right? We're still waiting for that kind of moment where it clicks. But um, finally, striker, the family man himself, and then I guess Umut Nair as well. But I don't know, he's almost like a incomplete, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Umut had one big chance to score himself, uh, and he must missed. Uh, he shot it right big, into the keeper. That's, uh, that's all he's supposed to be good at. Is he came on and. Like it is, he can't pass. Um, he no. can't dribble. No, that was very clear again. Um, so that was disappointing. He shot the ball. Um, he got a nice, uh, nice cross in, and he shot it right into the keeper's womb. I don't think he should be our UCL sub. No, um, he's supposed to be our third. 
striker. I don't know how that's yeah. ever going to work out. Uh, Mr. Mr. Family Man, the man Kyle Lang. I mean, he scored his basically his only chance, I guess. He had one other like opening, and when he came in, he like he cut it back instead of shooting. Um, he looked like decent. Like there would be like flashes of goodness, but honestly, he was a little bit isolated. Um, I, I would have, you know, would have expected him after scoring, you know, to kind of be like, oh yeah, man, taking a little bit more incentive. Um, so I mean, I guess he gets like a seven. He's just, you know, he scored a nice goal, didn't do anything wrong, but yeah. At the same time, he didn't like come into all oh, that's our guy. He's our starter. He's kind of like, oh, you know, he's pretty good. Yeah, well, but, see, that's what I was gonna say. He definitely, we definitely still need a starting striker, but. What he yeah. may have convinced me of is that he could he could actually be our backup. He's obviously what I mean to say. Like he's obviously expensive. a market improvement over uh, Umut and Guven. Although yes, as you say, at 1.6 million a year, he will hopefully take some sort of pay cut or something if 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 he's going to stick around as our backup, especially. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Now let's let's talk about some some. Juicy gossip, I guess, if we got any, um, before we wrap this thing up. But I think we're just about ready to wrap. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, there's some some news uh, that we got to talk about. Some actually, some pretty good news. We've got another winger, and then perhaps perhaps uh, another one even after that. Uh, but so, what's the what's what's the word here, everyone? Alti Nordu, huh? Yeah, apparently we have an agreement with Altenordo to get Atakan Uner. Um, it's a 21-year-old player. Same age as the guy I thought we were going to sign, Dokkan Inji. I'm not sure what happened to that transfer. Yeah, um, we should get, that'd be both wings. We might as well get that guy too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, kind of uh, a guy I actually saw play in person once going back to the day. Nice. Um, were you impressed? I do remember him. I, I I remember I was like this guy, I remember his cleats that's why I had to go look it up and make sure it was him because nice. um, he was on Dennis Lee Sport at at 18 year old hmm. uh, he didn't play after that Yusuf Shimshek was the coach and they were in last place in the second division and they got like he got sacked like after that game because they lost but uh, yeah I, I just remember him his technical ability stood out to me it was, you know the second division sometimes a little bit uh, grimy you know people it's, it's more like you know grift but um i mean i don't want to say like like wally that means he's going to be amazing i think his record in the second division is pretty good for a 21 year old yeah he's coming off a really good year year for altinardu yeah yeah but obviously he's going to be a big step up and you know just being able to dribble um doesn't necessarily mean much you have to be able to finish and be able to deal with the pressure and make good decisions and track back properly like Tyler Boyd was unable to do. So there's a lot into it, but um, obviously I support, you know, 21-year-old Chief. Yeah, uh, low-risk, potential high reward. You love that. Um, yeah. It's exactly the kind of kind of profile move we were hoping to be making. Uh, I, I hope we keep doing these, you know. It's like a lottery ticket. You can't win if you don't buy, the, if you don't buy them. Um, as far as where that leaves us now, we have four wingers, so you could theoretically say we're done. And in fact, I think you really want to see Atakan get some playing time. He's 21, again, coming up a pretty good year, so you, you want to see what, what can come of it. 
and if he can rise to the occasion and rise to this new level. <clears throat> but quality-wise, you could say we're still lacking on the wings, at least because we don't know what Atacan could, could provide. So the other news item, Evron, what do we got here from Yeni Malatya? Yeah, apparently we're still looking at Gekhanter, the newest rumor, which would uh, really hurt my heart, but it says we're loaning them Uwe Nair and Aiden Hasic. I think I, I think Hasic is the loan, and we might actually be swapping Umut. Go giving Umut, but yeah, but Hasic was not in the in the 18 today, which was a huge disappointment. I didn't mention, but, and he was on the list, so he traveled with the team too. Yeah, but he didn't make the squad, and I think that's that's one other thing. I think was a huge error. We didn't have Lige because he was hurt, and I think you need someone to throw on. You need a moment of magic, you know. Absolutely. If there's anything that boy can do. I'm, I'm not really sure what else he can do, but literally every goal he scores is a 30-yard screamer. Exactly. <laughs> this is, would have been the time for it. He has more like nice. He has more nice goals at the age of 18 than Najib has scored normal goals in his life. So um, <laughs> that's funny. You know, if you want a goal and you need a nice cross or something, you know, need two goals, and then instead we you know we took off Mensa. So. That was that was odd, thing. odd, odd. Yeah, um, I was also saddened by that. I was saddened to see Nedjib in the lineup, but like I said, I wanted to see Ozan playing next to Mensa. Uh, yeah, a little concerned, obviously, about Lens on the right back. But I honestly, I wasn't too bothered by it when I saw it in the lineup. I thought he held up pretty well there for us in big moments at the end of last season. So. Um, you know, I thought he'd be all right. That one I don't really blame Sergan on. But I do blame Sergan for... Uh, I should say sorry. I don't blame Sergan for... Uh, but I do... I blame him definitely for... Um, his subs, as always. He's really... <laughs> he's not a talent evaluator. I don't know. I don't know what it is, man. But the guy... Some weird concepts in that regard. Anyway, I think that's about it. Yeah, we got the Europa. Yeah, we've got it. That's up. the main thing. Is uh, obviously the next official match that we know of is the Land of Legends against Sivaspor on the first, uh, two p.m. But that's not a week from now. Uh, we'll have an episode before then. I don't, we're probably not going to wait for the friendly. I don't. But um, hopefully, we'll have something to report by then. But yeah, th there is obviously some news, and that's uh, fairly important, which is that we're now running in the Europa League, which, if we're going to be realistic, is, is the tournament that we were always going to be more likely to be competitive in. Um, Sevilla is in the Champions League, having won their 743rd Europa League. So the good news is that the, the coast is clear. This, is the, this could be the year for it. Uh, no, obviously, I'm not that delusional. Uh, but it would be great for us to redeem ourselves and have a nice little run in the Europa League, if possible, at least be competitive in the group stages this year after last year's debacle. I'd like to think that Avci had a role to play in that uh, and that Sergei Yeltsin can do a little better. Obviously, we'll find out. Um, so, Evron, drum roll. Who might we be facing in the Europa League third qualifying round, sir? Well, I can really test my pronunciation of some of these names, but uh, the, the famous ones are the ones you might know of, Zheka which is Mitrovic's old team, and they played by Shakshir before in a qualifier. Vojvodina, who's, who knocked out Serbia, they knocked out Borstel once. They're Serbian? 
No, Rizek is Croatian. Right, um, sorry. Pojvodina is Serbian. Uh, they, know, they knocked out Chanel's Bursa once out of Europe. Nice. Um, St. Gallen, which is a Swiss team. Batuan Karadines used to play for them. Fun fact of the day. Nice. Loaded with fun facts. And then uh, Anarthosis, which is a Cypriot team, uh, which is one of our actual uh, coefficient competitors. And there's a... Uh, Desna from Ukraine, which is a, a new team. I've never seen them in Europe before. Uh, Charleroi, I'm sure Khan will tell me I butchered that, from Belgium. Charleroi. And then, yeah, this team from Denmark, Sonderjitski. Sonderjitski? Come on. Give me a, put, the, put like a yeah. year, Sonderjitski. Let me try this. I need to see this. I'm going to try this one. It's a tough one, but no, another team I don't know, so I don't got a fun fact for them. Uh, Sonderjitski. Sonderjysk, E. <laughs> okay, man. yeah, fair enough. That was, that was a tough one. Uh, so, if you were to pick, who would you want from this group? Um, the easiest team. <laughs> so, who's that? Who do you think? I mean, that I would say not Rijeka. Um, uh, probably not. I mean, Ukrainian team doesn't matter. It's going to be one. Theoretically, so they should Rijeka, all be winnable. Like, there's not one of these Char sides. Yeah, we should be winning every this game, but I think Rejeka and Charleroi or however you say are the teams I would like to avoid. Oh, my God. Breaking wow. news. Lionel Messi chooses Manchester City. Wow. Several breaking news. Yeah. It's being reported wow. by Marcelo Bechler. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You heard it here first. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, moving along. So I guess he's not coming to Besiktas. That's the bad news. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we were we were saying we don't want Rijeka or Charleroi because they're in competitive leagues. I think is probably where you're going with that. Yeah, and Rijeka, I've seen them a couple of times. They're like European regulars at this point. So. In theory, we should probably be afraid of any sort of Scandinavian side. Especially since this is a one-off, right? This is not a two-leg. We're still not in two-leg yeah, territory. Yeah, sure they'll. I'm sure they're excellent at parking the bus and think beating it's a, the crap out of our little guys. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't really care who we play, honestly. I, I, for me, any of those teams is um, acceptable. You know, we should be able to beat them. I think, in a sense, we could look at the positives here and say, again, we can be competitive in the Europa League. It might be good for us to be playing in it rather than the Champions League realistically rather than sort of being embarrassed by Manchester City and Messi. Um, we can, you know, compete against Wolverhampton or something again, hopefully this time. Uh, since technically our C, C team competed with them pretty decently last year. So hopefully our A team can keep us in it this time around. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm up on the Europa League, personally. And I think, in a sense, having these qualifiers are... It's like, if, if we can perform in them, especially. But even if we can't, you know, it's it's good to have real competitive matches in our warm-up for the season. It's going to be a long, you know, 40-plus game regular season in the Turkish Super League, plus our, our domestic cup, plus hopefully the Europa League. So... Um, it'd be nice to get a little momentum, you know, playing competitively yeah. while our rivals are all playing silly little friendlies against, um, you know, maybe Hungarian third division sides or whatever it is they do in Antalya these days. But so, yeah, you know, that that's a positive, right? 
I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You're not feeling the Europa League vibes? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe in a little bit, but right now I'm still, uh, still heartbroken. Fair enough. No, you, you, you are right to be. This is a tough pill to swallow. Obviously, we're all uh, hopeful of Champions League football. And at the very least, you know, we were all excited about Besiktas football and the return and hopeful for, like, our, our new guys. I had them like to actually play, but someone got hurt again. Yeah. Didn't play at all. Yeah. I mean, perhaps there's truth to rumors about him leaving. You know, Saudi Arabia... Some teams offering Al Hilal or something's offering 8.5 million supposedly. There was a j- offer from Japan we talked about last week. Uh, maybe it's true. Maybe he's really on his way out. In which case, we have even more work to do. In uh, and, and the transfer window, which is not really happening. Like I've even like stopped looking for transfers because there's like no news. Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, here we are, man. Any, any any parting words for these listeners? Um, I think you should play your best players uh, when you have them available. That's my statement. And um, if you're too concerned about who runs off the ball, like Mr. Nejip, but don't have players who can actually trap the ball and make next passes, uh, you'll be stuck chasing on counterattacks the whole game and conceding a lot of goals because your defense is shaky. Uh, so therefore, play your best players, please. I don't know who this is to, but uh, whoever's listening, keep them. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah uh, I fully back that statement. We can call that the podcast sentiments. Um, <laughs> on that note, everyone go donate to Mohammed Aminu and our uh, kit raising fund. You know, it's, remember, it does not conflict with Birak Mam Seni. We are giving all of this money back to the club and buying kits and then additionally helping people in need of it. So, you know, give freely if you if you can. Um, also, additionally, follow us on Twitter, as always, um, at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow the mothership for all the latest transfer rumors and the news as it flies in um, at all hours of the day. At Besiktas underscore I-N-T. Follow this fella over here, the Akman himself, at fan of BJK. Follow me at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. And finally, as always, and now more than ever, Go Besiktas!
Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.